Welcome back to another episode of Couchside Sports. Hey, Couchside. Let's go with a Z. With a Z. All right, so as you guys know, NBA season started up. Got your full breakdown from the Couchside family over here on our last episode. And it started off in a uh, tough fashion for one Couchside co-host. Burke, you want to take us through <laughs> your, <laughs> the mindset of a Boston Celtics fan watching the first five minutes of the first game of the season? All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through how I viewed this injury. So um, I'm in grad school, as we've said before, so I was in class. And Oof. I was in a... Uh, was Did it? you walk out? I did not walk out. Oh, I, I would have. I was in organizational behavior. I'm sitting there. And, you know, you know how the teacher walks around and look at you while they're talking and stuff like that. So, you know, I like to look up. I don't like to just stare at my laptop. Yeah. Because then he knows I'm obviously not paying attention. So I like to look up and make some eye contact with him every once in a while. So I'm watching the game. And I look up off the, off the screen for a little bit. And then when I look back, I see Hayward on the ground. So I was like, I was like oh, he fell. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah, and won. And then... And then he starts to turn his body, and I see his, like, foot, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and they go to that, they go to that classic, like, picture that everyone's seen now, with him, like, sitting there, and his foot is, like, looking Sideways. like a golf club. Yeah. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, no way. Like, when I saw it, I was like, this is not real. This is not real. But I'm like, I noticed one of the other kids in my class was watching it, too. And after the class, he was like, dude, I wanted to scream, but I couldn't. <laughs> I was like, bro, I could not believe it. This, like, hurts the Celtics, like, so much. I was so hyped on them beating the Cavs, and that was not going to happen whatsoever. They're probably not even going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals because Washington's just too good. But, I mean, it opens the door for some of the young guys, and they're going to develop a lot faster than than they were before with if Hayward was there. Yeah, and so... Which I think in the long run is better for the team, honestly. Yeah, it could be down the road, like, next year, two years from now. Exactly. Sure, I definitely could see that. And so, just to be clear, have you completely given up hope, lost faith, and you're giving up on your team, right? I have not given up. Oh, uh, okay. Up. Okay, so let, let, you, let, me, let me start. All right, we're, I'm a Boston fan. Yeah. And us Boston people, you know, I'm not from Boston, but... Us Boston people. It's a, it's a mentality. We have, we have faith. We have faith. Back in 2004, when the Red Sox were down three games to nothing, I still had faith. And you've got to keep the faith, man. Gotcha. So I have okay. faith that the Celtics will still have a successful season. Are they going to win a championship? No. Are they going to win the Eastern Conference Finals? No. Are they going to make it there? Maybe. Probably maybe. not. Probably not, but maybe. Okay. Just depending on how everybody gels. Because, you know, Jalen Brown has looked good. Jaylen he has. He's surprised me. Kyrie Irving hasn't even, like, been that, like, that, like, dynamic so far. I mean, he's, like, he's got his handles and stuff like that. But he hasn't really shown me anything where he could be, like, the number one. But when he does, I feel like the Celtics will win a lot of games. Al Horford. Yeah, but they've all. Boring Al Horford. They've always been more of a team-oriented. And that's the way I think the organization and the coach want to run things so not seeing Kyrie as a individual isolation superstar might not be a bad thing no it's not a bad thing but I just feel like as the season progresses he's gonna start trending more to what like Isaiah Thomas was for the Celtics last year and Isaiah Thomas was a lot of, like ISO like in the fourth especially in the fourth yeah. quarter you know Isaiah ended up averaging like 28 
like point nine points per game, something like that. Yeah, so, I mean, that's true. I feel like Kyrie's going to have to fill those shoes, but they still have some pieces. Marcus Morris is out right now. He should be coming back a little bit. I feel like he can he can play a big role for the Celtics. Cause, I mean, at first I thought that he was just going to be like you know one of those role players, the, the role playing power forward next to Hayward. But now that Hayward's out, he's going to get a lot more run. He's going to be looked for to score a lot more. I mean, he averaged 14 a game for Detroit last year. So yeah, they'll need all shot. that. Yeah, they'll need all that. But and so, then, do you think Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum? Is the guy who's going to be getting the big minutes and having to, you know, make up for the production they lost in Hayward? Because I would say it's Jalen Brown. I agree. I agree. I think Jalen Brown is the one that's going to have to step up the most. Um, it showed in the first couple of games. He had uh, a couple of efficient games there. Last of the the last game that they just played, he didn't he didn't do that well. I think he shot like four for twelve. But was that um, the Philly game? Yeah. But, uh, you know, before that, he, he played well. He played well against LeBron, you know. He can't, I mean, he didn't really stop him, but who stops LeBron? No one stops LeBron. But he was, like, scoring well. He's doing, he played efficiently against the Cavs. I think he's going to be the guy that has to step into that role. But I also see big minutes in the future for Jason uh, Jason Tatum because they need somebody to start at three. And, and you, you know, you can you can shift Jalen there and start Marcus Smart at the shooting guard, but I like Marcus Smart coming off the bench. Yeah, I, I could see Marcus Smart coming off the bench. And another guy that I that stood out to me on the Celtics in the first three games is Terry Rozier. Oh yeah. I mean he he looked really good. Uh, I watched the Philly game, and he looked really good against him. He doesn't get a whole lot of minutes, but he plays hard, and he's like maybe their most athletic player. Like I'm shocked by how fast he is, how high he jumps, and how athletic he plays. Oh, yeah. That was one of the big things about um, when Danny Ainge drafted him. It was, like, you know, this guy is super fast. Terry Rozier, he's a, he's a quality backup. I think he's going to play a key role for the Celtics. If, if they're going to be successful, I feel like Terry Rozier is one of those guys that's going to have to play pretty well. Yeah. Because you're going to have to spell Kyrie Irving. You know, he's, he can't play the entire game. And Marcus Smart can't shoot for shit. He'll, you know, he'll go like 5 for 16 every game. So you need somebody, some sort of person coming off the bench at the guard position that can score, and I feel like that's going to have to be Terry. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely impressed by him. And you were talking a little bit before we got on. You think that the silver lining of the Hayward injury is maybe it vaults Jason Tatum into Rookie of the Year contention? Yeah, that's not the that's the silver lining. The silver lining is that Jason Tatum could end up being Rookie of the Year. He's going to now get the usage. Like, why not use the guy? He's a third overall pick. People compared him to Melo. You know, like, force the guy into it. You know, yeah. that's the best, way to, the best way to learn is to get your hands dirty and do it. So um, we might as well, like, take this opportunity to do that. So I think that he has a chance. Do I think he's going to win it? Probably not. It's probably going to be like Ben Simmons or maybe Lonzo because there's so much hype around him. But I think Dennis Jason Smith. Tatum... Dennis Smith, yeah, he's he, he already got hurt, so we'll see what happens with that. But he'll be fine. Now the gold mine. Oh, the gold mining. More the gold mining, which is better than the silver mining. The gold mining is that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are now getting so much run that come next year they're going to have minutes under their belt. They're going to have experience. They're going to they're going to gain some more poise in the face of adversity because right now they're facing huge adversity, losing. I would say one of arguably you could argue that Hayward was the best player on the Celtics. Yeah, you, you could, could argue, argue that. that. So you know now they're forced into the action. I feel like next year when Hayward comes back, apparently he's supposed to come back 
you know, full recovery. He had successful surgery. And uh, I think his injury, like, looked worse than it actually was. You know, Paul George was bad because that was, like, in the middle of his leg. But, like, yeah, but he's fine. Like, I mean, he's balling like nothing happened now. Yeah, exactly. And I'm saying, like, Hayward's was, like, dislocated ankle, which that's why it looks so gruesome. You know, dislocation sucks. But yeah, man, it looked like, like it he had two fine. right feet. <laughs> like, the Bro, joints were so completely bad. reversed. So it looked like he had two right feet. Yeah, I could not believe that. And, like, the way he, like, fell on it, like, it didn't seem like it was, like, that big of a deal. Nah. Like, when he fell on it. Like, yeah, he's just not much of an athlete. He's right, just now you're a magnet wild. They were super athletic, especially for a white guy, man. Give him some credit. Oh, come on. Don't, don't throw him that clause. He doesn't need, he doesn't need your pity. <laughs> oh, man. But no. Always playing the race this card. Is, this is going to be good for the Celtics in the long run, which sucks. Okay. I hate to say it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want the injury to happen, but I think it's going to be a good thing for the Celtics in the long run. I feel like next year, when Hayward does come back full strength, they're going to have a lot more experience around them, the young guys. I have a chance to gel. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have a chance to gel, which is good. You're going to need that. You know, that relationship right there would be huge. Because you watch the summer league, it was them two, and they were killing it, and they had a good summer league team. So Yeah, they Jaylen did. Tatum Brown played and, really well in summer league. Exactly. So if Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can, you know, gel and get going, they're, they're going to be a good team. So, so you heard it here first. Are you crowning the 2019 Boston Celtics NBA champions? Well, I'm I'm crowning the 2019 and 2020, 2021 until oh, okay. it hits. Until it hits. Not one, not two, <laughs> not, two. not three. Not, exactly. Keep going. Not four. Yep. Yep. <laughs> not five. Okay. No, this year, this year, this year is gonna be the worst. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, as you guys know, if you heard the uh, last episode where we did our full picks and predictions, I wasn't huge on the Celtics. Either way, so my opinion hasn't changed much. <clears throat> I think they're a first-round exit playoff team, maybe a second-round exit. So we'll see, but we'll move on now, and we'll get to another team who I don't know if they've nev- necessarily fallen from their uh, their height because obviously it's super early in the season, only three games in. But the Warriors are 1-2, and two, and the one game they won was they pulled it out in a, in a come-from-behind win over the Pelicans. So, yeah. what's the deal? What's going on in Golden State? Golden State, they, I mean, yes, they started one too, but right now they just got like a championship hangover. And yeah, the one thing that I have noticed with the Warriors is KD and his bitchiness is rubbing off on all the rest of the team, especially That's, last night when with Curry throwing the mouth, mouth guard at the ref. That's such a childish thing to do. Like, why do you need to do that? You yeah. thought you got fouled. I saw the I saw the play. Didn't look like he got fouled. No, I, yeah, it didn't look like he got fouled, and I, it makes me wonder if a lot of guys go through this cycle like superstars. It's like when they're they're underrated and no one like before they're big. You know, like Curry, everyone loved him when he was like a small guy. Before the Warriors were like really good, he was just the little guy you could relate to out there, like shooting threes with crazy handles. Yeah. And then as they get bigger, it happened with LeBron too. Everyone loved LeBron when he was young. And when you get to the top, everyone starts hating you. And so I'm starting to wonder if that's going to happen to Curry, who two years ago was the most lovable, likable guy in the NBA. Even people who didn't like basketball couldn't stop talking about him and watching him play. And I'm wondering if that's going to be a complete role reversal and all of a sudden people are going to start disliking him. 
So it'll be interesting to watch. But no, yeah, I think you're onto something there. I mean, speaking for myself, I already dislike him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I disliked him for a while now. Uh, I feel like because you're a hater. Because I'm a hater, and he's a and he's like a cocky little shithead. But um, Steph, if you're listening, he he means that from the heart. I mean, Steph. Steph seems like a nice guy. He really does. He seems like a quality guy. If I met him on the street, he seems like he'd be a very genuine nice guy. I think he's a nice family man, too. Nice 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 wife and kids. Aisha, you know, he's got a great wife. The only thing is now what I've seen from him, and like Grant, what you were talking about two years ago, everybody loved him, is he was, you know, that, like, niceness went to the court. Now it's like he's like this diva on the court. Like, Like, throwing your mouth guard and bitching about a foul that wasn't even a fucking foul, like, be quiet yeah. and play the game. If you're really out there bitching about calls, you have the greatest team ever right now, and you're bitching about foul calls. It shouldn't even be that close for you to even have to worry about foul calls. You should be blowing everyone out by 15 at least. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. And they weren't going to win that game anyway. I mean, if, if he gets the and one, they're down seven with like 30 seconds to go. Like, exactly. sure, they have a chance, but... That was more of just a frustration, like we're not playing as good as we should, we're not winning the games we should. I think I they'll be continue. they'll be just fine because this this happens the early part of the season. A lot of it has to do with scheduling, from what I've noticed. I mean, I, I like to knock the Celtics, but I'll be the first one to admit when you start your season with Cleveland, Milwaukee, and Philly, who Philly is zero and three, but those are three teams we believe are playoff teams. Yeah. And so when you're big, big teams in marquee markets, you play good teams the first few weeks of your first few days of your season because people want those storylines in the big games on TV. So the Warriors, they played the Rockets on opening night and they they really should have won. I mean, the, the ball is touching Durant's finger as he releases the game winning jumper. And then That's they quicker release, Durant, quicker release. Yeah, I know. He's got to work on that. Clay's got to teach him a few things. Oh, yeah. Steph, too. Yeah, but uh, then they go, come from behind, win against the Pelicans. That's a good win. And then the Grizzlies are another team who are super steady, super solid, and we believe they're they're another playoff team. So, you know, on the flip side of the coin, I've seen, uh, you know, the Blazers, who are a team I like, but they've started off the year playing, you know, lower caliber teams. And so I think early in the season, you just have to take that into account with uh, the scheduling and, you know, the NBA tries to get big games marquee games on national TV early in the season, you're just going to have tough matchups. I think the Warriors will bounce back no problem. I mean, if you told me the Warriors start like 0-7 on the year, I'd probably still pick them to get the one seed. So, Yeah. You know. One thing that I did notice is Marcus Gasol had a great game. He's a beast, man. He's underrated. Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins had great games against them. I'm starting to see, like, it's obviously the, the Warriors play, like, Small ball, but if you have a solid, super like consistent big man like a Marcus Ole or Anthony Davis or something, that's a huge weakness for the Warriors. Yeah, but well, so the game they usually play is that's a weakness, yes. But they'll take the chance and they'll bet that they can't stop your big guy. But when they go small, there's no chance you can stop them because you don't have you know that seven footer on the court that can guard. Draymond Green at the five, you just can't do it. So they, that's kind of something they've known for a while now, but they just take their chances and they outscore you with their small lineup rather than getting beat up down low. I mean, we saw it in the finals in 2015 where they couldn't guard Timothy Mozgov, who's like a 
bottom 10 center in the league, but they couldn't guard him. Uh, but it didn't matter because their small ball death lineup is going to give you the work on the other end. So, what do you, uh, I'm going to ask you this then. Yeah. What do you think that the Cavs do with this pick that they got from the Nets? It's going to be a, a, be a high pick. If at the trade deadline the Pelicans are looking to sell, do you move that pick for like a DeMarcus Cousins? I definitely would. I, I mean, I think it's worth grabbing a big guy like that, even if it's for half a year. But, I mean, I know this wasn't really part of the question, but I don't think either of the Pelicans' bigs will be available at yeah. the trade deadline. I think the Pelicans are going to be just fine, and I think they want to see this experiment through to the end. But in that hypothetical scenario, I would definitely have to think about it as a Cavs GM, although Dan Gilbert never makes good decisions, so you never <laughs> because, know. Because the Marcus Cousins, the only problem is is – he is a free agent next summer, correct? I yes, he so. is. Yep. So, if you are the Pelicans, obviously, you're not trading Anthony Davis unless you get an absolute haul back. You're not. You you wouldn't trade him. Exactly. He's got three and, years left on his contract. So. Yeah, and if you're not confident in the Anthony Davis to Marcus Cousins experiment, you know, if they get to like a full year of that happening and they haven't really shown what they wanted to see. Don't you think they would consider moving him just to get some young guys or get a pick like the pick that the Cleveland Cavaliers would give them? I mean, they might consider it, but you look at the way they've started the season, both those guys, you know, a lot of people didn't think they could coexist and still rack up big numbers, but they're yeah. both doing it three games into the year. Oh, um, yeah. I'll, I'll check the numbers here, but, I, you know, Davis has 34 and 18 a game. And I think yeah. DeMarcus Cousins isn't too far behind that. So I think they're producing. I think, if anything, the Pelicans' problem is they don't have any other help. We'll see what happens yeah. when Rondo comes back. Uh, Drew Holiday has been underwhelming to start the year. We'll see if he, you know, once Rondo comes back and they actually have their full starting five, what actually happens. But, yeah, here's DeMarcus Cousins averaging 32-12 and 12 as well. So if the Pelicans don't win games, it's not going to have anything to do with their Twin Towers in the front court. Yeah, they need a wing. They really need a wing. Like, who are their, who's their small forward or who's their shooting guard? They need someone on the wing that can score. Yeah, they don't have much. I'll, I'll pull up uh, their roster real quick, but, I mean, I know there were guys like... Drew Holiday's not a slouch. Drew Holiday's decent. No, but he's well, a point like, guard. He's not a wing. I no, yeah. You know I'm, what I mean? So I'm saying, like, so, like, Drew Holiday at the point is decent. So if you're going to have a decent point guard and you have elite big men, you need something. You need something else on the wing that can spread the floor. He can shoot. Like, I, they, I, who do they have? <laughs> They're running, like, Jordan Crawford, Etwan Moore, Ian Clark, Tony like, Allen. All, those are all like, yeah. bench players. <laughs> yeah, they are. Absolutely. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I don't know if moving – DeMarcus Cousins to fill that gap gets you any closer. No, no, I'm saying I would move DeMarcus Cousins for the pick, but I'm just saying the Pelicans, okay. like, you know, they, they, they invested so much in their big men, yet they totally, like, disregarded a position that's huge in the NBA right now. Yeah, well, I mean, when you lose Eric Gordon, had they lose, did they trade Eric Gordon or did he leave in free agency? Um,. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that one was a trade, but they lost Tyreek Evans in free agency, so those yeah, were their I mean, two guys that were shooting guard, small forward, and I think that's 
a pretty respectable 2-3. It's not elite by any means, but no, Eric no. Gordon and Tyreek Evans, if they were on the Pelicans now, I'd p- pick them as a playoff team. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> so, I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch. but Yeah. Um, and then speaking of Anthony Davis, something else that I wanted to talk about. So him and another guy who you actually mentioned when we were talking about MVPs, Giannis Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. the Greek freak. They have been on a tear to start the season. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of talk. Could they compete for MVP? Do they deserve the MVP? And the biggest knock against them, uh, kind of like we just mentioned with the Pelicans, is does the team win enough games? Uh, most people wouldn't think either of those teams win 50, 55 games. And most of the time you need at least that number to get MVP votes. So, yeah. um, you know, where do you stand on these two guys? Do you think they can keep up the pace? And do you think at the end of the year they'll be, you know, right at the top of the MVP race? I believe that they can keep up the pace to an extent. I believe totally Davis can keep up um, what he's doing. Maybe not score 34, yeah, but and score in the high 20s. And the rebounds, I think, will also come down a little bit because he's got 18 a game so far. Yeah. And then Giannis, of course, will, he'll fall back there a little bit. But he has so he has a, a clear path to keeping this, this pace up just because he is a man. In Milwaukee, he doesn't He's have everything. the Marcus Cousins that can demand, you know, shots at the end of the game and stuff like that. Um, do I think that they have quality MVP chances this year? Maybe, but not really. I feel like not they're really. both bound. I think I feel like they're both bound for an MVP in their career. So, I just think that this year they're going to have to give it to LeBron because obviously, so we'll like last year, last year we had Russell Westbrook, and he was an abnormality. I mean, his team yeah. only won, I think, 46 games, which was yeah. like the least of an MVP winner in a long time. But obviously it's because he put up like 32, 12, and 12. So. Mm-hmm. And then we had two years of Curry. Yep. Right? Kevin Durant. And, then, and before that we had Durant. So it has been a good four years since LeBron James has won the MVP, which is crazy because he is the best player in the league still. And I feel like now, especially with – I don't know what's going on with D. Rose's ankle. He rolled it pretty bad. He's not playing the next game. Yeah, it looks like he's day-to-day, though, so optimistically yeah. he'll be back in a week or so. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Thomas is obviously out, you know. Yeah, for quite LeBron's a while. going to be the man. LeBron's going to be the man like he always is, but even to a greater extent because he doesn't have Kyrie Irving. Yep. He has Kevin Love, but Kevin Love is what? Catch and shoot or dump it in the post. He's not picking anybody off the dribble or anything like that. No, but I think really feel like he's a weapon. Here. He is a weapon, yeah, 100%. But you, but LeBron's going to he, – he normally plays point forward, but I think you're going to see, like, LeBron James, like, point forward, like, way more than before. Point guard. Yeah, pretty much point guard. I mean, I think <laughs> he actually will possibly have to if Derrick Rose is out for another week or two. I don't even know who they have at point guard. It might be Jose Calderon. Yeah, Jose Calderon is their, uh, their so, third stringer. I wouldn't be Back surprised up. if they ran out a lineup of, like, uh, you know, Thompson and Love in the front court, and then you could have Jay Crowder, D. Wade, and LeBron. And, you know, technically Wade would be the smallest guy on the floor, but they would just have the ball in LeBron's hands. So um, I could I can see where you're coming from. 
you know, with, with him being the runaway MVP. I think Giannis and Anthony Davis do have a chance. I think Giannis over Davis for sure. I agree, yeah. In the West, it's so tough to win, like, 50-plus games. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of teams, you know, like we mentioned, that are just deeper than the Pelicans. And it won't be Anthony Davis's fault if he doesn't win the MVP. Because um, I think I think he'll he could put up thirty and fourteen. I I think that's pretty reasonable for him to do. Unfortunately, yeah. he he's not going to garner the attention of triple doubles like nope. Westbrook just because he's he's not a point guard. He doesn't have the ball in his hands. He's not even going to get close to ten assists. So I have like two or three, you know. But um, so it's kind of a shame that the triple double means so much. And we'll kind of keep him out of that race, but I don't think the wins and the team success will get him there. If they don't make the playoffs, he—you can't vote for him. It's you know, it's a done deal. You just can't. Yeah, you can't have a most valuable player on a team that doesn't make the playoffs. So yeah, and on on the flip side, Giannis, who knows where he'll finish? But I don't think it's out of question to say the Bucks could be a top three team in the East. And if they do that, and he's able to. I mean, he did it last year. He led the Milwaukee Bucks in every major statistical category, points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. He did it all for them. If he's able to repeat that this year, which I don't really see why he couldn't. I mean, he's, he's a clear leader in all five of those categories for that team. Um, you know, and if he just continues to get better, and if he averages close to 30 a game, I really could see him winning the MVP, so... Oh yeah, I think I think he definitely. I agree with you that Giannis is a better, a better shot than Davis. Um, I still believe it's LeBron's year, but I do I do think Giannis does have a really good shot, especially now with the fact that the Celtics are you know they got to re-identify themselves, so you know they could fall. You know it could yep. end up being the Bucks being the three seed, Celtics being the four seed. So if you see the if you see the Bucks as high as the three seed. And the Giannis keeps his pace up. Of course, of course, he has a great shot. And the NBA seems to like to, you know, switch it up. A yeah, little they bit. love the storyline of it. Yeah. If they pick LeBron as MVP, it's it's kind of like the boring pick. Like, yeah, he deserves it, but you know, that's no fun. They want to like build a new face of the NBA, and uh, yeah. you know, it's I think Giannis it's could do that. Disrespectful, though. I think it's disrespectful because LeBron's not done. You know. Oh let yeah. The man, let the man win. You've disrespected him the past four years. <laughs> so, like, give it to him now and then give it to Giannis next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, LeBron should deserve at least one more before he retires. <laughs> I would hope so, but I know he doesn't care about it. If he could get a ring, you know, that would mean way more to him. So, Of course, yeah. Um, okay, so I think we'll, we'll move on now to one of our favorite segments. Let's go. Breaking news that isn't news. All right. I'm going to keep it in the uh, the basketball realm with mine here. Okay. And this just in, it's not the Bulls season. Chicago, it's, it's not a, a good year for the Chicago Bulls and their fans. If you haven't heard, just last week, uh, Bobby Portis and Nikola Mirotic got into a little little scrum on the practice court, and uh, Portis slapboxed the shit out of him. And uh, <laughs> Nikola Mirotic... He's out indefinitely due to, yeah. due to his own teammate, Bobby Portis, punching him repeatedly in the face. Uh, <laughs> he's, got, he's got a concussion. He's got multiple maxillary facial fractures that will require surgery. Um, Bobby Portis has been suspended eight games. 
But I mean, this is a, this is devastating for a team who already many people thought would be the bottom of the barrel in the NBA and in a clear rebuild and was just going to be a mess. To start off the year like this is, it's just so fitting for what the team's going to be. So, oh yeah, I, I can't believe like now seeing this, Bobby Portis. First of all, I probably would never would want to fight Bobby Portis. No, but how hard does Bobby Portis punch to break bones and his face? Like, and like, they were they were like going at it for a minute at the power forward, and Bobby Portis was yeah. probably like, you know what, like fuck it, and just beat the shit out of him and then was like there what is your other option bulls exactly he was he was playing the game he's like listen i know i'm gonna get suspended but i know i'm gonna injure this man as long as i can injure him for a longer duration than they'll suspend me it's a win exactly and i think he might have pulled it off i mean they have Lori marketing in whatever playing right now but yeah he, he could be nice he's a rookie right yeah he's a rookie but i feel like bobby portis I don't know. Did he actually have to break Miritich's face? Probably not. You know, let your well, play, no. play. Let your play. <laughs> let your play speak for itself. But he he just wanted to. You know, he saw the opportunity. He was like, you know what? I, mean, I need to make a clear path for myself. <laughs> yeah. Hey. You know, you can't can't knock a man for just trying to make a buck and get some minutes. I saw like him talking. He had to be like a public apology. He said that yeah. he reached out to Miritich and Miritich hasn't answered his phone call. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't responded Why to his he? messages. So I go, hey, what's up, dude? I know you broke my face, but it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool, yeah. He probably can't even be looking at screens, probably can't read. His his whole face is just beat in. Yeah. Feel bad for the guy. But, uh, yeah, the Bulls are going to be a mess. You didn't hear it here first. Everyone's <laughs> saying it. The Bulls, they're trash. You're not going to see them on uh, primetime NBA, ESPN, or TNT night game. All right. I really uh, want to know. I really want to know how that like transpired, though. Like, what what made Miritich, or I mean, uh, Portis, be like, you know what? I got to beat this guy's face. <laughs> like, what happened in practice? Like, did Miritich like hit a three in his face and then start barking at him or something? Or, like, yeah. Did Miritich like fuck his girl? I don't know. Like, Ooh. What happened? <laughs> Ooh. Uh, yeah, you know, maybe Miritich, he's from, where's he from? Like Yugoslavia or something? Oh yeah, something, something. Even if, yeah, I don't think Yugoslavia exists anymore, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure he claims he's from Yugoslavia. So, I don't know, there could have been some suspect, you know, mafia transactions going down with the Eastern Europeans, you never know. Oh yeah, that's always a... You never know. And he's also kind of a ball hog, if you've watched him recently. He oh, just yeah, like done. jacks threes, so. <laughs> Portis probably... Came to set a screen like 15 times and Miritich just pulled up. So, yeah, who knows? So, uh, <laughs> do you you got some breaking news for us today? Oh yeah, I got some breaking news for you guys. This is a, this is a real hot take. Um, so, give if it you guys to me. Didn't realize Adrian Peterson, yeah, is still a running back in the NFL and he can still perform. Really, he got traded to the Cardinals. Dude went off. Broke off over 100 yards, looked really well, made the Arizona offense look way more dynamic than it was before. You know, AP is still alive and well, and he's breathing, and he's knocking at that door saying, you know what, I still got a few years left. Maybe, maybe this is last year. He's still got some time. He's still got some in the tank. He wants to show it off, pad those career numbers. Obviously, he's not yeah. going to win with the Cardinals, but he's still got it in the man. It's the same fault. They didn't know what they were doing with him. Oh yeah, he he's still doing well, man. 
Yeah, the Saints got finessed in that trade. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, don't I even, mean, not really. What did they get back? They got, like, a fourth-round conditional pick or something like that. Yeah, that they got finessed. Well, I mean, they, didn't, they weren't using it. They weren't using it. Yeah, fourth-round conditional pick for a GOAT. Finessed. <laughs> finessed. I would um, take Mark Ingram over him, though. <laughs> yeah, probably, but... But listen, I love this love this breaking news because Adrian Peterson, man, people knew in the in the Saints offseason that he was like looking really good. They said he was doing like crazy athletic things like, you know, forty five inch box jumps consistently, out sprinting everyone. So he really, really whipped himself into shape this offseason. Uh I really think I really think switch uh switching teams, you know, from the Saints to the Cardinals, really gonna help him. And you know he really went out there and and beat that Tampa Bay Bucks secondary like it was an undisciplined child. So, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, AP's back. He's still still an elite running back. He is. He is, man. Obviously, he's not what he was before. Yeah, he's super athletic still, but he's not like super explosive like he was before, man. He's not the he's not the AP of old, but you still got it, man. Don't sleep on AP. Yeah, never, never. You heard me talk about him. I was thinking about drafting him in the first round for fantasy. Yeah. I mean, if you did, it would be looking like a crazy pick right now. He's that so. tight, man. He's that tight. But uh, All right, so that was uh, breaking news that isn't news. All right. And so it is Sunday morning, but we are going to get to our NFL picks just to, you know, get them out there before the games start. Yeah, lock them uh, in. Yeah, lock them in. So this is October 22nd. But we're just going to get him out there for you guys. It is Sunday morning, so we're not cheating you on this. Episode might not come out until after the games are over, but we're really here. We're out here. So uh, we'll start, as always, with our upset of the week. I'll go ahead and lead off with this one. Okay. I'm taking the Indianapolis Colts over the Jacksonville Jaguars. This, uh, man, this this is a lock. It's a lock. I'm not even going to watch the game, not even going to check the score of the game. It's a lock. Colts. At home, uh, three-point underdogs. Doesn't look like the Jaguars are going to have Leonard Fournette, who is just everything to their team. I know their defense has played really well, but he sets the tone with his running. If Blake Bortles is forced to pass all day, I don't trust him. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, he's been getting better every week. Almost beat the Titans last week. I think it was good for him to play on uh, you know Monday night football stage. A little bit of a short week, one day... Uh, you know, hangover since they had to play on Monday, but yep. I, I like the Colts here. I'm, I'm picking them to beat the Jags. It's a good pick, I think. Um, I'm, a little worried. I'm a little worried about, you know, the fact that the Jaguars' defense is really keen on creating turnovers, but, you know, yep. Jacoby Brissett, Brady, Brady backup, man. Those Brady backups doing big things. Yeah, Wolfpack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so what do you have for your upset of the week? Uh, I'm going to move into my upset of the week. Um, I got a got a little clash between the AFC East here. We got um, the Jets at the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins, I believe, are three and a half point favorite over the Jets. Yeah. Um, Devontae Parker's out. He's like injured. Uh, the Jets have been looking pretty decent this year, better than what people thought. I mean, if you're a Jets fan, you're kind of mad about that because you're going to just end up like in the middle of the draft and you're not going to be able to get a quarterback, which you desperately need. But I'm picking the Jets over the Dolphins. I feel like the Jets are going to come out, you know, prove that they're the superior team, which is crazy, but they're better than the Dolphins. 
they are. Yeah, I, th- I don't know. I mean, the AFC East is really weird for me this year, but it is. I'm it I'm is. rocking with that pick. I mean, the Jets almost beat the Pats uh, last week. They, they pretty much did. <laughs> that, call was, <laughs> that call was so crazy. Yeah, that I was incredible. I don't know what that was. I mean, I'm a Pats fan. I can admit that. Like, I, that was a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, that's that was highway robbery. That was a shame. Um, but, and then the Dolphins, I, I do not understand them whatsoever. They've lost games in horrible fashion, and they've also beaten good teams. I have yeah. absolutely zero idea what to make of them. They're um, like they're like the they're like the Steelers. They're a team that like plays to the like level of competition that they're facing a little bit. Yeah. I could see not, that. Not, then, to the, not to the extent of the Steelers, because I feel like the Dolphins would get stomped all over by the Chiefs. But yeah, you know they're they're, they're a type of team that will like if they're facing a good opponent, they'll come out and do well. If they're facing like a mediocre opponent, they're gonna lose. <laughs> it's yeah, so weird. Yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> it's Jay Cutler, man. <laughs> Jay Cutler doesn't. The Cutler. Care. Jay Cutler gives no. He does not care at all about this year. No, He's like, he doesn't. I'm just, I'm just playing football. I'm getting paid. Yeah, he's gonna be. He's one and done for the Dolphins. One and that's it. Like, and I, I guarantee you, instead of like watching film and preparing for like defenses, he's just Google searching like local restaurants in whatever city he's <laughs> going to play in. No, he's probably hanging out with that old coach doing some coke. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> just lining him up. He's, um, he's Jay Cut was a little bit smarter and doesn't send a video of him doing it to a stripper, so he he won't get caught. But, yeah, because the NFL is not going to test Jay Cutler. They're like, yeah, dude. Yeah, they don't care. They don't care. care. They don't care yeah. <laughs> do do anything you want just to make the Dolphins relevant. <laughs> uh, okay, so we'll move on to the Sunday night game here, which has another AFC East team, the Patriots. Oh yeah, uh, at home taking on the Falcons. Yep. I got to roll with the Patriots here. At home, uh, obviously we're both New England guys, so we're a little bit biased. But I think the Super Bowl loss still in the Falcons' head heads. You oh, know, yeah. I don't think they're getting over it. They're not in their dome that they love playing in. Uh, they're gonna have to make it up into New England, which isn't as cold as we would have thought it would be. It's, yeah. it's been been really really warm up here, so they might not have that advantage. But yeah, I just don't don't trust the Falcons. They lost to the. The Dolphins and the Bills at home this year, so they're having really bad luck against the AFC East. Yep. I think it continues. I'm rolling with the Patriots all day tonight. I 100% agree. Um, like what you said, you know, being up 28 to three in the Super Bowl and then losing, they've they've had a lot of comeback losses um, this year. And I feel like when you're playing the team that like did the greatest comeback in the like the most important game, I feel like that's going to be like in their head. Matt Ryan's going to be. Then Ryan's gonna throw a pick, and <laughs> I'm going. I'm going Patriots all day as well. Yeah, I think I think the Falcons might get scared. Whenever they get into field goal range, they're not gonna call a single pass play to try to make up for the their mistakes of last year in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so we'll, it'll be easy. We just put nine guys in the box. Anytime they're inside the forty, they're just gonna run it. Oh yeah, Devontae Freeman. We have a busy day. Yep. All right. We'll see if they got any balls to call. Uh, passing yeah. plays down the stretch, but so Monday night uh, we're oh, looking yeah. at the Washington Redskins and the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. The Eagles have been flying high. The only team left with only one loss since the Chiefs lost on Thursday. Who are you rolling with on Monday night? Oh man, this one's a tough one. This one's a tough one. Uh, you know, in division rivals, always a good game. I feel like it's going to be high scoring. 
Yep. Neither defense is really that like. Um, Washington's good. got a good D. They do, but you're also facing Carson Wentz, who has been playing like out of his must, mind, like a must-start fantasy quarterback every week. Yep. But uh, I'm I'm gonna roll with Philly. I'm gonna have to say Philly keeps flying, man. Keeps flying, yeah. I feel, I think they're eventually gonna fly too close to the sun, but I feel oh. like for now they're gonna keep flying. I mean, Carson Wentz is looking like the truth. You know, he's getting everyone involved. He's making Nelson Aguilar look like a decent wide receiver, one without bricks for hands. Um, <laughs> he's got Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz has been the most consistent tight end in the NFL this year. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt, they're finally deciding to use him a little bit. You know, once, you get, once you're killing the clock or once you're within the five-yard line, they're finally starting to use him. So I regret dropping him. But I'm going Eagles, man. Fly, fly, Eagles, fly, baby. Let's go. Fly, Eagles, fly. So I'm going to have to uh, counter you. I'm, I'm taking the Redskins here. All right. Here we go. And I'm, I'm riding with Washington for a couple reasons. The first being they've already showed up twice. We've picked uh, their games Sunday and Monday night because they played the, uh, the Raiders on a Sunday night and they played the Chiefs on, I think it was a, a Sunday night as well. So they've got the experience in the night games, the big-time games. They're one and one in those games, but they almost beat the Chiefs. That was a really close game. Yeah. Uh, so I think they've got that uh, that bright lights under the the night aesthetic going, and uh, oh, yeah. I'm gonna roll with them. I think it's a good pick. I didn't either pick, you know, picking either team. You know, it's a toss up right now. Either team can either team can win. Um, Phillies and Holmes so that gives maybe a little bit of an advantage. Yeah, definitely. But it's good. I think this Monday night game is gonna be a good Monday night game. Yeah, this will definitely be a good one to watch. And uh, we'll, we'll see a battle of two quarterbacks who are low-key elite, right? Yeah, low-key. Low-key elite. Low-key elite, low-key. Definitely Kirk better Cousins than Flacco. Kirk Cousins out there just had a... Just had a uh, you just had a kid. Son. Yeah, he just had a kid. Yeah. So um, we'll see what happens. They're probably going to bring him to the stadium. I feel like he, his kid's going to watch his dad get beat, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be that'd be too bad, but you know, he's probably Kirk Cousins is probably at home, like giving his his like two week old son a binky. He's like, you like that? <laughs> you like that? All right, so yeah, I'm rolling with the Redskins. I think they're gonna take down the Eagles, but if the Eagles win, like I mentioned, they'll be the only team with uh, still only one loss on the year. And we just posted our NFL. Bud Light Power Rankings on Twitter. Yeah. At Couchside Sports. With a Z. With a Z. So you can go check those out. Right now we have uh, the Chiefs 1 and the Eagles 2. But those rankings were, you know, set up before the Thursday night game. So before we saw the Chiefs lose in a heartbreaking fashion to the Raiders. Incredible game to watch. Probably the most uh, riveting game I've seen this year. Uh, So it... If Philly wins, I think we'd probably have to move him to the one spot. I mean, I agree. I agree. So it could be can't a... Dis- you can't disregard, you know, they haven't... I, I'm not super familiar with their schedule, but I feel like it hasn't been, like, super easy. And the fact that they're facing the Redskins, you know, they're a solid team, too. Um, man, like, Philly people, Philly people should be hyped. They got some... They got a good basketball team on the rise. Their football team's doing well. Baseball team is absolute garbage. But, <laughs> but no one cares about baseball, right? But no one really, yeah. I mean, we're, it, it's like trending 
America right now is trending more towards the NBA. Oh, yeah. NFL is so, king, and then it's NBA. Yeah. Actually, it's kind of college basketball. Everyone seems like college basketball. Mm-hmm. I just think people are going to start moving away from the NFL because of all the stuff that's going on with it and all the injuries. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's nothing really getting better for the NFL. Exactly. There's a lot of detractors that are, people are like trying to turn a blind eye to, like myself. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if there's anything that's really pushing it forward. So we'll see what happens. I think but, the, uh, the best thing the NFL could ever do is uh, fire Roger Goodell. <laughs> is what? Get rid of Roger Goodell. Oh. Who should they bring in? David Stern? Oh, man. David Stern. Did you see what he did for the NBA? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> bring like, him in. Bring him in. Bring him in. Uh, we got to start that campaign. <laughs> uh, I got the Eagles schedule here, too. So they they actually have already beat Washington this year. Okay. Then they lost to the Chiefs. Obviously, the team we have is number one in the power rankings right now. So not yep. a bad loss. And then they've beat the Giants, the Chargers, the Cardinals, and the Panthers. Okay, so Panthers is a quality win. Pins a quality win. I think the Cardinals are like a 500 team. Yeah. Uh, the Chargers and the Giants haven't been great this year, but they preseason we thought they'd be good. We both picked the Giants to win the division. So. And the Giants, Justin Giants just beat the Broncos. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. Uh, <laughs> that, we, was that was wild. a Sunday night game, right? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I, I didn't even watch it. I turned it on at halftime. I was like, all right, I'll see how bad the blowout's going. And then I see the Giants are up like 17-3. And I was like, uh... I didn't know like what, what what day it was. Like I didn't know what happened. What, what universe I was in. I was shocked. <laughs> I mean, it, that's just such a typical Eli Manning thing to do. Like you have Odell, you have these weapons, and you absolutely stink. And then when everything is against you, where you can't you can't possibly win, you win. Just like the damn Super Bowls against the Pats. When you yep. can't when when everyone doubts Eli, he just goes out there like, well, let me show you what I can do. Yeah, in, in one game, Eli just got himself another, like, five-year contract. Yes, pretty much, man. Like the way he, that people throw money around in sports now, of course. <laughs> and he's not even good, and he hasn't really been for a while now, but he just, like, right when they're ready to, like, cut him, he wins a Super Bowl, and then, oh, well, let's let's re-sign him. He's elite. So. And then they want to cut him again. Yeah, and, and then the and then this year, this year they're, like, 0-5 or 0-4, whatever it was. And they're like, oh, you know, everyone's saying trade trade Eli Manning, you know, try to get some young talent and just get a high draft pick and get a quarterback then and retool for the future. And then he wins a big game. So I don't know what's going on. It's, it's the curse of Eli Manning. He's a curse. Yeah, but it's a gift and a curse because he's, yeah, he's blessing brought them curse. rings, man. Yep. I just, I loved going to sleep at night knowing that he had more rings than Peyton. <laughs> and since since Peyton won like two years ago, now they're tied at two. So I like low key want Eli to win another ring, just like have that over Peyton. I want it to be. I want it to be um, at the end of his career, where maybe he's like a backup. So then, nah, so that doesn't can, like, count. No, no, I know. So that he can be like, no, I have it. Imagine, the, imagine those like those dinners with the Manning family. Yeah, Thanksgiving like dinner. and yeah. Eli barking like, I got three, and Peyton be like, the third one doesn't count. Yeah. And then Archie's sitting there like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Peyton, your second one didn't count, man. That was the defense. <laughs> exactly. You played like trash. Brock Osweiler could have run that yeah. quarterback. 
<laughs> could have won that Super Bowl. So, yeah, jeez. Well, picks are locked. Yep, picks are locked. Uh, so, what do we go? You had Jets over Dolphins for your upset of the week. I went yep. Colts over Jaguars. We're both taking the Patriots. Split on the Monday night game. I'm going Washington. Burke's going Philly. And that's just about going to be a wrap for us today on Couchside Sports. All right. It's been a pleasure. Always is. As always. And uh, as you know by now, this is Couchside Sports, where we give our perspectives on sports from the comforts of our couches. Yeah, it should be. The way it should be. And so that's going to finish out episode, what is it, 16 for us now? Yeah, episode 16 yeah. for us today. And we will see you next week. So go watch some good football this afternoon or whenever you are listening to this podcast. doesn't matter when you're listening. Just go watch football. Yeah, as, not, as long as you're listening, I don't care when you're listening. Yeah, and, and as long as you're doing it whilst watching football. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for us. So this is your co-host, Kyle French. Signing Michael off. Burke. Michael Burke signing off over here. All right, and we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening.